Morning, good of Shabbos, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off the last and final chapter, eleventh and final chapter, in fact, in the Dadim, seventy-nine B, fifth line from the bottom. It says in the Mishnah, if she says, these are the vows that a husband could uh, revoke. Things that afflict herself. For example, she says, I will bathe, I won't bathe. So your mother says, Hey, what exactly did she say? Hey, what did she say? Elam, if you're going to say the Amra, she says, if she says that the fruits of the world will be prohibited to me, if I bathe. Why should, why should it require being revoked? It's not self-affliction. Why would the husband be entitled to invoke her? Let her bathe. I'm sorry. Let her not bathe. So therefore, it won't be forbidden to her. In other words, if the Mishnah is saying that the affliction is the vow that she's not going to eat fruits, she made it conditional on if I do this, then I'm not going to eat fruits. Okay? So, in other words, not bathing is not. In other words, you could have said the Mishnah could have said simply, he made a vow not to bathe. That's not what the Mishnah is saying. You're, if you're going to say the Mishnah is saying, I mean, if I bathe, then it's a condition. If I bathe or I don't bathe. If I don't bathe, I could eat the fruits. If I, if, if I do bathe, then I'm not allowed to eat the fruits. So bathing is not an affliction. Eating fruit, not eating fruit is an affliction. So who stops? So don't. Why should he revoke the vow? Don't bathe, and therefore you'll be allowed to eat fruit. So keep your vow. Why not? Furthermore, would Abiyasi say that these are not an affliction? What do you mean? She may bathe, and then fruits will become prohibited her. How could Abiyasi argue that these are not considered? If she, if she can't eat fruits, that is an affliction. How can Abiyasi say that this example, this case, is not self-afflicting? Yes, true. The mothers asked the question. We don't understand why the rabbis would say, why anyone would say that the husband could revoke it. Because let her not bathe, and therefore she won't be uh, she won't be prohibited from eating fruit. But that's not Rabbi Yaisi's argument. Rabbi Yaisi doesn't argue. Rabbi Yaisi says these are not considered an affliction. Meaning what? Not eating. Not that it's up to her. He didn't say that. His argument is that not eating fruits is not considered an addiction. What do you mean not eating fruits? Is not considered? Of course, it's, of course, it's an affliction. How could Rabbi Yaisi argue? And he says, what is an affliction if he says, if she says, I'm not going to eat fruits? <laughs> so, so what's he arguing? We continue on 88. So the Gemara explains, rather what the Mishnah means, the Amr, she says, what she's saying is, I'm not allowed to bathe forever if I bathe. 
if I bathe once, then, then forever I forbid myself the pleasure of bathing. So bathing the first time, she's allowed to. But if she bathes once, then she's forever not allowed to bathe ever again. And that's why you can revoke the vow. What does she do to avoid the affliction? If she bathes, then she's never ever allowed to bathe again. If you tell her, if you tell her not to bathe, she become repugnant. <laughs> it's repugnant. A woman never to bathe. A man never to bathe. I think a mother brings this point. That bathe, not bathing is, is itself an affliction. So why can't he go back and say what he said earlier? She said, if I don't bathe, if I bathe, if I bathe, then I'm never allowed to eat fruits. If I don't bathe, I'm sorry, she says, if I don't bathe, Yeah, no, it says if I don't bathe, um, if I bathe, then fruits, if I don't bathe, then um, I'm allowed to eat fruits. But if I bathe, then I'm allowed to eat fruits. Okay. But, but then it's not an option for her not to bathe. She has to bathe. And if she bathes, then she'll become, pre- and she has to bathe. Then she'll become prohibited from eating fruits forever. So that is an affliction. True, but then in that case, why would WAC argue? WAC can't argue in that case. That's the real question. That's what the mother can. That's what you can't learn. That the Mishnah means is he makes a condition. She makes a condition. That if I bathe, then I'm not allowed to eat fruits. And then you can't say she can't, it's not an option not to bathe, because then she'll be disgusting. How can she not bathe? So she has to bathe, and then she'll become prohibited from eating fruit. Then why does WAC argue? Either way, it's an affliction. If she doesn't bathe, when she continues eating fruits, it's a problem. If she does bathe, then she's not allowed to eat fruits, it's a problem. So surely even WAC would agree that you're allowed to. There's no argument then that the husband is allowed to revoke. That's the ultimate question. So therefore he explains that the Mishnah means, and this, therefore this is the argument that Rabbi Yossi and the rabbis, that she says, that she says a vow, I'm never going to bathe. If I bathe once, which is permitted, then I'm never going to bathe again. So in this case the rabbis say that, that um, it's, it's an affliction, and he can, he can, um, he can revoke it. Rabbi Yossi, so what does Rabbi Yossi hold? Later. He holds yes, it's possible she won't bathe. I don't have to worry about the fact that she'll be, she'll be, uh, she'll become repugnant. It's not so such an affliction. By the way, you know, in France they never bathe. They didn't no, the only time they bathe, and that's why all 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 the marriages I think were made in the spring. That, that's a perfume. Perfume had to cover up the stench. I think they only washed once in the spring. They they bathed once. She holds. Okay, it's not not <laughs> 
that's why he's a sole opinion. <laughs> the rabbis disagree. The majority couldn't abide by that. Never to bathe, that's not an option. If that's the case, listen to Rabbi Yeshua say this condition does not involve infliction. If that's the case, Rabbi Yaisi should have learned. No, if Rabbi Yaisi holds, if Rabbi Yaisi holds that not bathing is not an affliction, so now he could have learned the argument the way we said earlier. He could have learned the mission, the mission should have stated this case, which he says, that if I bathe, then I'm not allowed to eat fruits. If I don't bathe, then I can eat fruits. So according to the rabbis, it's a non-starter. Of course the husband could revoke. Because A, not bathing is not an option. If she can eat fruits, that means she didn't bathe, it's not an option. If she bathes, that means she can't eat fruits. It's not an option, it's an affliction. So either way, the rabbis say the husband could revoke it. Rabbi Yaisi holds that not bathing is not an affliction. So let her keep her condition. Don't bathe, and you can eat fruits. So the husband cannot revoke. That would make more sense to say the argument that the mission is talking about in such a case. Why? Why do we have to say? Why does the mission have to talk about a case where she says, "If I don't, if I bathe once, then I can never bathe again." Ella, rather, the mother says. But that's good. Listen, that the condition doesn't have any effort, like we said earlier. She made a condition that if I don't, if I don't bathe, then I can eat fruits. And if I bathe, then I can't. So you tell her, don't eat. Rabbi Yaisi will tell her, the, the, the husband can't revoke it. Don't eat fruits. I mean, don't bathe and you'll be able to eat fruits. So there's no affliction either way. Not bathing is not a problem. Not eating fruits is not a problem. And the rabbis hold, no. Not bathing is a problem. Not eating fruits is a problem. So either way, she's stuck. She, it's not an option. Not to bathe. Then she can eat fruits. But she's not bathing. It's repugnant. Bathe, then she can't eat fruits. So rather, Ella, the mother says, the Amr, she says, What she says is, I'm never allowed to bathe if I bathe today. One day, not bathing. I know you're an American, you have to bathe three times a day. Take a shower three times a day, but one day you won't take a shower. <coughs> really, Rabbi Yaisi holds that never bathing is repugnant. Here we're talking about, he says, she says, if I don't bathe today, then I'm allowed to eat fruits. If I bathe today, I'm never allowed to eat fruits. Rabbi Yaisi says, don't, don't, this is not in effort because it's not an affliction because. Don't, uh, don't bathe and you'll be able to eat fruits. Why doesn't he say that this condition, he's talking about a condition, the condition that she made, if I bathe, then I can't eat fruits. If I won't bathe, then I could eat fruits. And this condition, not eating fruit, for, not bathing for a day, there's no affliction. Why doesn't he say the condition? Because he wants to tell us that if he would have said the condition doesn't have any, any, it's not considered an affliction, so I would think it's not an affliction, but it is something that's between the husband and the wife. The husband could revoke any vow that affects the husband and wife. Maybe even bathing for a day, yes, it's not an affliction on her, but maybe it affects the marriage, the relationship. 
you know, their intimacy. So he says, no, that's why he's coming to say that's not an affliction at all. It's not even not an affliction, it's not even not even something that interferes. Not bathing for one day doesn't even interfere. Doesn't take a shower. Yeah, doesn't take a shower one day, doesn't even interfere between the husband and wife. Therefore, he doesn't have the power to revoke. That's Rabbi Yaisi. Saying, Rabbi Yaisi, he doesn't retract what he's saying. Rabbi Yaisi really holds that even if she never bathes, it's not considered, it's not repugnant, it's not considered something that she's, she doesn't like to bathe. She wants to be natural, so that's not, that doesn't go, it's not an affliction, that the husband has no power to revoke. But it does affect the marriage, the relationship. The husband says, I can't be intimate with someone another day. So then the husband does have the power to revoke because of the husband, anything that affects the marriage and relationship, any vow that she makes that affects the marriage and relationship, he has a power to revoke. But in the case where it's only one day, a single day, then not only is it not an affliction, because even if it was forever, it's not an affliction, but, but it doesn't even have the power to revoke, because it's not even, it doesn't even interfere between her and him in their personal relationship. Not bathing one day is not going to kill anyone. And it's not going to interfere in their relationship. So he has zero power to revoke. Rabbis hold that not bathing is, is repugnant, and therefore the husband has the power to revoke. Okay, now the next example the Mishnah gives, Shainis, Im Erchat, Im Loyar. If I will bathe, if I won't bathe. Im Loyar, Chatsechidomi. What do you mean if I won't bathe? So that, we just explained what she said if I do bathe. If I bathe, then I can never bathe again. Or I can never eat fruits again, I can never bathe again. Okay. What if I'm loyer? If I don't bathe, what are we talking about? Elam, you're going to say, Domer, she says, If I don't bathe today, then I'm never allowed to bathe. Oh, she's saying, I must bathe today. If I don't take a shower today, if I don't bathe today, if I don't take a bath today, then I can never bathe. Why, why, should, uh, why should he be able to revoke? Why should, uh, why should the husband be able to revoke? Let her bathe. And therefore, she will never be, she will be allowed to bathe. Right. Bathe? Who's stopping you from bathing? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. How is that in the husband's interest that he has to revoke her vow? Why should he revoke her vow? She can keep her vow. What's the vow? I must bathe today. Mazelta. Bathe and the rest of your life you can bathe. So I'm going to the answer. She says, She says, I'm never allowed to bathe if I don't bathe in May Mishra. There's water, water with flax soaked in it. I have to bathe in, in disgusting water. In order to separate the fibers, so you have, you have to, it has to rot in the water. So it's foul-smelling water, May Mishra. You're not allowed to daven in such water. You have to... So before the water has a foul smell... In other words, she has to afflict herself. What's the option? Either she bathes in this horrible, foul-smelling water, sewage water, <laughs> which will allow her to bathe the rest of her life. Or if she doesn't bathe in this foul water, she can never bathe the rest of her life. So either way, she's afflicted. Self-affliction. Therefore, the husband could revoke this vow. So mother says, no, you can't say that, because the kavasa then... Similarly, when the Mishnah continues, if I do adorn myself in jewelry, if I don't adorn myself in jewelry. So what's, what does it mean if I don't adorn myself in jewelry? 
Are you going to say it means the same thing? I'm going to adore myself with nafta, which was foul smelling. Instead of putting on a delicious perfume, Dior or something, I'm going to put. On, I'm going to smear myself with 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 nafta, with oil. Lichlochu. It's dirty. How can you call it an adornment? By definition, it's the opposite of an adornment. So Amr Rabbi Yehuda, rather Rabbi Yehuda said, Amr, she says, I'm never allowed to bathe. If I bathe today. Loi Erchatz means I'm not going to bathe today. If I don't bathe today, then I can bathe the rest of my life. But if I bathe today, I can never bathe the rest of my life. She wants to make sure she's not going to bathe today. Okay. In the second case... The first case, it says, like we said earlier, she said the pleasure of bathing is forbidden if I bathe today, like we said earlier. In the second case, the Mishnah says, an oath that I will not bathe. Period. Not if I won't bathe. Truly I won't bathe. I will never bathe. She makes an oath, I will never bathe. Im could also mean like truly, not if. It's not conditional. So they're conditional at all. She makes a vow, clear, explicit, I'm not going to bathe, Ever. So the husband could revoke it. Okay, but if, if we're not talking about a condition, so how do, how do we explain the first, the first case? Im erchatz. I will bathe? What's the vow? Simple. If I make a vow, if I will ever bathe. Im erchatz. In other words, I will never bathe again. Both ways, she's saying, I'm never going to bathe. And the rabbis say it's an affliction. Now basically said, it's not an affliction. Never bathing is not an affliction. Says so. Therefore, now that you explain erchatz and lo so the same thing, the parallel will be when the Mishnah continues. I will adorn myself. I won't adorn myself. The first part is that means that I will. I vow I will not have the pleasure of adorning myself or putting on perfume or jewelry or anything if I adorn myself today. And the second one is I will never adorn myself. And once you say that, you say the first part could also mean I will never, will never adore myself. The mission should have started out. These are vows and shavuos that he could revoke. Instead of saying, in other words, he should have said shavuos. Why only vows? He should have said oaths also. These are uh, oaths and vows that he can revoke. He said to me, right, to me, learn. Edit the Mishnah to say, it means Nadanam and Shavuos. He's just saying in general, every vow or the same thing as uh, oaths. If you want to answer, Shavuos Shavuos are included, sometimes Shavuos are referred to as Nadanam. It's just a general category. I'm not getting into specifics. Vows also include oaths. Oh, now we learn. We learn the Mishnah. We learned earlier in the beginning of the tractate. 
What's considered an oath of an evil one? Nadar bekar, nada. Nazar bekar, Either in regard to becoming a Nazar, regard to bringing an offering, or regard to being bound by an oath. So he says, Nidri, starts out Nidri to show him. If a person makes a, we discuss over there in the Mishnah the concept of a yad, a handle, without, without verbally, verbalizing the full oath. You're just like starting a handle. So you don't have to finish and say the whole thing explicitly. As long as you start, like you're starting the sentence and it's clearly what you're inferring, it's as if you stated the whole thing. It's as if you said the whole thing. Like by grabbing the handle, you grab the whole vessel. So he says, for example, he says if a Nazar was passing by and the person, the bystander said, like the, like the vows of the wicked, I become a Nazar. Am I? So he becomes a Nazar. Because he means that just like this person, if we see an animal that's accepted as an offering, you're standing before him, he said, like in the daughter of the wicked person upon me. So it means that just like this animal became a sacrifice, an offering, a holy, sacred animal. Or if a loaf was before him and he said, like the, like the Nadarim of the wicked, from which I will not eat. So then it becomes like, a, like a, a, an oath. It becomes like a, uh, an oath that I will not eat this loaf of bread. It's as if he said, uh, like a shvu, I will not eat it. And he said, why does he start like the, the, the vow of the wicked? Because people are careless. Wicked people make oaths like, like, it's, like it's going out of style. It means nothing. They make oaths, they make vows, they make... When they're angry. So if a person starts out and he says like the vows of... of but if a person says like the vows of the virtuous, of the righteous then it would be meaningless because righteous people don't make vows. They're very careful about what they say. But, but the Gemara starts out by vows and then he ends up with a Shavuah, with an oath. So you see that the Dadim and Shavuahs are interchangeable. And vow also includes an oath. Mother asks, Are you saying the rabbis who argue with Rabbi Yaisi hold that it is considered an affliction? If he can't bathe, it's considered an affliction. I'll throw at you a b'raisa that says the exact opposite. We learned the b'raisa. Although you prohibited an Yom Kippur to engage in all of them, meaning all pleasurable activities. You're not allowed to eat, you're not allowed to drink, you're not allowed to bathe, you're not allowed to anoint, you're not allowed to wear shoes, you're not allowed to be intimate. But we learn. But you're not allowed to, you don't get kadis. The kadis penalty of violating Yom Kippur is only by eating and drinking. All the other things are, are prohibited. You're not allowed to be intimate. You're not allowed to wear shoes and all those things. Anointing yourself or bathing. But you don't get kadis. Your life doesn't get cut off. It's only if you eat and drink on Yom Kippur. If you're going to say that not bathing is an affliction, how do we know that you're not allowed to eat or drink on Yom Kippur? It says, affliction. you have to afflict yourself. You have to afflict yourself. So if, according to the rabbis, not bathing is an affliction, 
then it should be chayiv karis. If you if you don't afflict yourself, if you bathe, you should get karis. Okay, it would seem it seems to be a simple answer. Why get the answer? It's a one day thing. You know, it's one thing if you never afflict yourself. But you do, you explain that even one day would be considered an affliction. From the context of the verse. It says you should afflict yourself. It's referring to something as affliction is recognized at the time. On the day of Yom Kippur, it's an affliction. Not eating is an affliction. You get hungry, you feel the pain. Your hunger pangs. If that's an affliction, you recognize and you feel the affliction on that day. Yes, in general, if you never bathe, yes, it would be an affliction. But not bathing for one day, you don't feel in pain. Uncomfortable. But by vows, in the context of the vows, the verse in the vows says, any nedanishvur to afflict the soul, anything that will lead to affliction, not bathing will ultimately lead you, eventually, eventually lead you self-affliction. Anything that will eventually lead you to self-affliction, even though it's all, today it's only one day, so what's the big deal? But anything that will eventually lead you to, to feel uncomfortable and to feel afflicted, being dirty and disgusting and repulsive and repugnant, that, then it's already, you can, you can uh, revoke the vow. Okay. Now he's asking Rabbi Yesi, he contradicts himself. We learn a spring that originates from within the city it belongs to all the residents of the city and from that city it flows to a different city it is not enough water for both cities so you have a choice either it's my life I have enough water for myself or the lives of the others you look at the origin where does the, the, the well originate the spring originates in the first city so they get to drink the water I don't have to worry about this is the issue of COVID right do you have to take a vaccine because it's going to help others do I have to risk my life to help others or not I don't have to risk my life to help others you know yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's for sure that's for chutzah I mean, theoretically if, even if it, if it wasn't if my life comes first there's only enough water the other people are going to die there's not enough water without water you die my life comes first the water originates in my city my life comes first what if behemt in the bemesachedim you have to choose neither their own animals the animals of others there's not enough water for both for the animals of both cities my animals come first. Your animals will die. It's a general principle. Yes, your brother has to live with you, but you have to be alive first in order for them to live with you. So your life comes first. If you're not alive, how can you help anyone else? If you're dead, 
where does you're not fall? helping anyone. Is it, is it like Nifiru yes, he's so kind and generous and giving, but now, the way, there's, there's nothing, you have nothing to give. To <laughs> you don't exist, you cease to exist, you're not helping anyone. So first you have to make sure that you're alive. You know, the only life you're responsible for ultimately is your own. Because that's the only one you can control. The only one you're alive. Now I can be in a position to help someone. So even Rabbi Kiva says, love your fellow Jew like yourself. The greatest rule in the Torah. He says, there's one drop of water. You have to drink it. Your friend is going to die. Your friend is going to die. But you have to live. I can't help my friend if I'm dead. Period. Because in the beginning, uh, Ben Petula said differently. In the beginning, they ruled differently. You should divide the water and they'll both die. So Rabbi Kiva came along and thought, no, 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 no. no. I can love your fellow Jew like yourself, but it has to be a self. You have to love someone like yourself. If there's no self, what are you loving? There's no one to love and you're not giving anything, you're not helping anything, you're not doing anything. Very important principle. So the other people are going to die and you're going to live, but you know what? You have to live. Your life comes first. It doesn't make sense to ask that. That's what Avraham okay, is telling you. Your, your life, Kamaycha, there has to be a Kamaycha, there has to be somebody home. Okay. So, you don't have enough water to launder between yourself and the laundering of others. Your own laundering takes precedence of a laundering of others. What if if you have to choose between the lives of others and laundering your clothes, then of course, another person's life comes before clean, clean laundry. No, even laundering your clothes, having clean clothes, takes precedence. So what do we see? That Yesi holds that being disgusting and filthy is not a life. A person who's disgusting and filthy feels like he's dead. So I have to have clean clothes. I have to live like a mensch. You can't tell me, but I'm alive. As long as you're alive. I, you're dirty and you're disgusting and you're repulsive and your whole house is falling apart. No, the other person's life comes first. Them is life and death. And me, it's just, uh, you know, luxury. No. I can't live. It's not a life. It's not called a life. So here the is saying that not bathing and never bathing, no problem. It's, it's not an affliction. The husband has no right to revoke it. And here, and the rabbis say, no, not bathing is an affliction. Here, it's the exact opposite. The rabbis say that not bathing, not laundering your clothes, okay, so you'll, you'll be disgusting and dirty, and, but as long as you're alive, what do I care? The other person is dying. They have to come first. And he says, no. There's not even you are disgusting. You're dirty. Your clothes are dirty. And he says that you have to, you must bathe. It's life that you have to bathe. It's not called living if you don't bathe. That he or she herself never bathes. How much more so? We continue with 81. Hey, see, when somebody say, they said, they answered, I guess in the base of Medrash, in yes. Not laundering is considered suffering. And that takes precedence over the other city's life. Because clothes are more powerful than Rabbi Yesi. says, Uncleanliness of the head, the filth which comes from uncleanliness, from, combing the, from not combing your hair, so your hair becomes filled with dirt and sweat, leads to blindness. Having dirty clothes, 
unlaundered clothes, Masla de Shamumisa leads to dementia. Arvavisa de Gufa, uncleanliness of the body, not bathing, Masla de Shichne Vekive leads to boils and sores. Okay, so rabbis, you can say, rabbis is not a question, you can say the rabbis draw the line with clothing. Yes, if you don't bathe and your body is, is repulsive and repugnant, that's an affliction. Dirty clothes, okay, you you don't you don't take it to laundry every every day. You don't wear your suit. You suit you once. You don't. Uh, okay, just get fella. But 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 the, but the Rabbi even clothing, how much more so the body? So what does the Gemara answer? That clothing leads to much much greater. It's a much greater affliction than the body. If your body is not clean, okay, it leads to boils and sores. But not having clean clothes leads to dementia, which is worse. Dementia or boils or boils and sores. Boils and sores, okay, you can live with. Without the dementia, God forbid, life is over. It's a disaster. So you see that clothes is even more important than the body. Fascinating concept. Garments. So are more important than the, the body. So to mitzvahs are like garments. Skin, I mean, eyesight and hair are connected. He says if your head, it means you're here. You don't, you don't uh, comb your hair and you allow it all the lice and all the filth. It'll lead to blindness. Hair and eyes are connected. Skin, boils and sores could be cured. But the dementia, there's no cure. No cure. Game over. We continue to have another wonderful Shabbos. A couple of questions for the